This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others, and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Hey friends, and welcome to the Worth Your Time podcast. I'm your host, Erica Anderson. I'm a Christian freelance writer, mom of two littles, and I'm passionate about helping you live out your best and deepest faith in everyday life. On this podcast, you'll hear from inspiring women, moms, and ministry leaders, authors, and more. Those on mission for God with a message to inspire you in your Christian walk, wherever that may be. Each month, I send out interviews, tips, book reviews, and exclusive giveaways to my email list. If you'd like to receive these things, just head to my website, ericaanderson.com, and sign up. My new book, Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women, comes out this January, and I want you to be the first to know all the details. Enjoy the show. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Worth Your Time podcast. I'm your host, Erica, and I'm talking today with Christy Thomas. Christy, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, well, um, Christy, you and I connected a few months ago, maybe six months ago, something like that, um, when I was looking for children's books and you like good children's books to to share for Christian families. And you popped in, you're like, I have some children's books now that you <laughs> ask. Um, and then I was like, oh, I love what Christy is doing like on her website and all the things. And I joined your um, online group, which is for basically Christian moms, community, teaching your kids faith and all of those many things. Um, And so I've just really gotten a lot out of your stuff and everybody that's listening. I've actually bought like every single one of Christie's products. So (laughs) if that tells you anything, you can see them, some of them behind her. Um, And so they've just been super helpful. So I want to talk about that, but tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and who you are and all of that good stuff. Absolutely. I love talking about myself. Who doesn't? (laughs) Well, my name is Christy. I live in Western Canada and have lived here all my life. I live about 10 minutes away from my parents who bought their house in the 1970s. So I have rooted fairly close to home here. And my husband and I've been married for 17 and a half years. I was planning to be a doctor when I was in high school and university. So I have a specialization in physiology and developmental biology degree. And then I went immediately into children's ministry. (laughs) So I got a children's ministry job for the summer and that totally changed the trajectory of my life. And I ended up just falling in love with children's ministry and the spiritual lives of children. I had wanted to be a pediatrician, like the physical lives of children. And now I realized, oh, I am so much more passionate about their spiritual lives So I spent several years at that church just learning what it was like to be in children's ministry leadership. I mean, I'd been helping in Kidman since I was 12. So that wasn't the volunteering itself wasn't anything new. And then I became the director at a different church and I worked there for about 12 years as the children's ministry director. And then a few years ago, I felt God saying, you know what, I really want you to focus on families. And it just was not something that my church wanted me to do with my paid time. So yeah. I, I had to pick. So I, I said, okay, well, I guess I'm going to leave this job for now. And it was really good. I mean, we, we still go to that church. I still volunteer in children's ministry there. So it was, was, there was nothing bad about that break there with the church. There wasn't even a break with the church, but um, I started working from home, working on little shoots, deep roots. And then a year later, 
we started homeschooling and my husband was like, you know, you quit your job so that you could spend more time working. And now you're going to spend all your time homeschooling. When are you going to work? Yeah. But the funny thing is that when God calls you to something, he makes a way for some of those things. I had been trying to publish books for a few years and nothing had caught, nothing had taken. And then suddenly within a month, I had two book offers or book deals. Wow. And I was like, okay, God, yeah, <laughs> thanks. And he has miraculously made a way for me to write those books. I mean, they were not picture books. They were like, you know, long devotional books that are what, 50,000 words. So, but he made a way for me to be able to focus in the evenings and get them done. And I am really impressed with what God has done. So now I'm homeschooling my three boys. So that was, this was like a really long whole life story. You probably didn't yeah. want that much, but no, no, it's interesting to hear people's journeys. What, what was the first book? My first book was called wise for salvation. It was a preschool devotional and it was, I had actually written it as a series of take-home pages for the families in my church. And that one I self-published in 2015 and a cool story. I was just about to kind of let it go because it was becoming too expensive to purchase books on my own. And a publisher came in and said, Hey, we want this. So they're going to inject new life into it. And all I have to do is submit the, I'll have to edit it and submit it. <laughs> Don't have to write the book. Woo! That's awesome. So, um, well, I, that's the one I'm using every night with my kids right now. Super. Um, and I love it because it's so simple. Like mm-hmm. it, what I learned from you, I think is just that we overcomplicate things with our little kids, trying to teach them, trying to cram too much in when like <laughs> even one or two minutes sometimes with like a four-year-old is like, that's good. You're good. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that is something that a lot of moms need to realize because otherwise you're just going to get really frustrated uh, trying to make them listen and all of that. Yeah. Um, well, so, for sure. And you don't have to be, sorry, you said simple, but simple doesn't necessarily have to mean simplistic, right? You can go deep. Like I was writing a few extra devotions for the new version of the book. And I had brought them to my critique yesterday, my t- critique group. And they said, you know what this, what I love about these is that you're hitting all different angles of this same Bible passage. So you're going deep, but it doesn't take you very much time. So mm-hmm. there are ways to like simple, simple doesn't mean simplistic. Simple doesn't right. mean not worth your time. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I no, totally. I mean, it's been, it's been so helpful to me because what I was using before was like one of those like preschooler, I don't know, it was like preschooler Bible or something. And some of those were even too long, like too, mm. too, too much reading. Mm. Um, and so this has been great. Now um, we're going to get to the new one that you have out. But first, um, when did the Quinn books come out? You see the Quinn books behind Christy if you're watching mm-hmm. on YouTube. And they're so cute. So tell me about those. They are. They came out in 2019. They were a miracle in themselves. I had been trying to sell Quinn's Promise Rock for a while and nothing happened. And then suddenly it kind of all happened at the same time. But I always tell kids when I wrote Quinn's Promise Rock, when I, you know, when I go to schools and they ask, uh, what's writing like? I say, sometimes writing is like a water fountain where you go to the water fountain and it squirts you in the face because it's so powerful. That was Quinn's Promise Rock. And sometimes you go to a water fountain and you're like, (laughs) where's the water? And that was Quinn says goodbye. It took me a lot longer. It took me a lot more options. Quinn's Promise Rock is pretty much in the same format with the same wording that it was when I penciled it down in 2018. And I wrote it in response to a friend who had posted on Facebook that her son was anxious 
And so she had given him a rock to put in his pocket to remind him that God was with him. And I thought, oh, hmm, we'll make a good story. So I was yeah. thinking about it on the way to my women's Bible study and then on the way home. And then I threw my kids in bed as soon as I could and sat down and wrote it out. That's so cool. How did you find the artists for him? Because I love the covers. I didn't. That's the publisher. They okay. did all that. Thankfully, okay. because I would never have had access to such an amazing publisher yeah. as Sydney Hansen. If you look at her, find her work online, it is adorable. Yeah. Well, I love, I love those books as well. Um, so tell us about the new book. Well, the new book is Fruitful, 100 Family Experiences for Growing in the Fruit of the Spirit. And I was going to call it a devotion book, but I got outvoted by my publisher. They're like, no, we want to call them family experiences. <laughs> but yeah. it is basically a devotion book that just maybe with a little bit more than you might normally expect from a devotion book. So mm-hmm. the the premise for that one came from my many years in children's ministry where we use the fruit of the spirit with kids, right? It's like, oh, we can use cute pears and peaches and bananas and have little faces on them, or we can write the word love on a banana, but those things don't make any sense to kids. And even though they're cute, they're like, okay, we're just basically memorizing a list of these attributes or they're confused. They're saying, what does peace have to do with the peach? Or um, then because it's kind of confusing, it's really easy for us as leaders to turn it into a moral lesson for kids. We say, you know, it's time to grow in patience. Let's practice patience. And But really what that is, is giving them legalism instead of the gospel. Mm. So the approach in the book is that we grow in this fruit of the spirit by abiding in Christ, which is what Jesus says. He says, you can't grow fruit without me. So we spend a hundred days with Jesus. Every devotion is Jesus. For example, we see how he shows love and how he talks about love. Instead of striving harder to practice love, we're going to fill up with the love of Jesus and let it grow the fruit of love in us. Mm. That is such a good way to put it because it so often I hear myself trying to convey things to my kids and it just doesn't sound quite right the way I'm putting it, you know, and I think that when it comes to the fruits of the spirit, I've definitely, I've definitely done that. Um, Sorry, I thought I clicked you off the screen for a second. Um, So tell us like, what, what made you think this was like a needed book right now? Because everywhere I looked online for Fruit of the Spirit resources, I found stuff that was either confusing, like a a peach craft that was somehow connected to peace. And I thought, what? Like, I'm confused. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or it's just a list of moralistic things. And I think that's one of the reasons that there's many reasons, I'm sure, why our kids are stepping away from the faith as they grow older. But part of it is because they don't see the power. They don't see the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and changing in us. So they see hypocrites. They see people who are unrepentant, who are not refusing to apologize and ask for forgiveness for the wrongs they've done. And so we need these fruits of the spirit in us. We need to know that they come from Christ and we're daily connecting with him, whether it's reading the gospels or another part of the Bible and praying and worshiping throughout our days, then those things are going to grow in us. And we're going to give God the chance to, um, you know, bring us to repentance. So for example, if you know, our kids are saying, well, look at all these churches that are so politicized right now, um, either end of the spectrum, right? And they're saying, well, I don't want any of that because I've seen so much hurt happen. Well, when we're truly abiding in Christ, he is going to prompt us to apologize when we need to, to become repentant when we see that we've hurt other people. So I think that when our kids see that real faith, that 
we are changing and growing by the power of the Holy Spirit, they're going to be like, this is an adventure. I want to be part of this. Mm -hmm. They're going to be a lot more likely to stay in the church and with Christ. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that's such a key concept right now as, um, you know, people are leaving church more often, uh, especially as they hit their like late teens, early 20s. Um, And a lot of these people are raised in the church. And so there's something off about what's happening sometimes, I think. Um, And I don't blame people of the past, you know, for doing it wrong. Maybe they just didn't know any better. But as we're seeing these so many kids, like, you know, as young adults leave the church or leave their faith, I think you're right. Like, it's worth reassessing, like, how are we conveying these things? And what are we hearing from people that are leaving that we can teach our young kids now differently so that that's not where they end up later. So I think that's, yeah, that's so needed. Um, So you have your community for moms, little shoots, deep roots, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm like, I want to make sure I say it right. Um, So, so tell us about the community. And then also. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. What are some of the common uh, questions or concerns that you hear from moms? Oh, sure. I love talking about that. So my um, my free online community is littleshootsdeeproots.com, where my goal is to help Christian moms disciple your kids without having to know it all or do it all. And then I have kind of a further paid community called Hope Grown Faith within that for those who really want to learn and grow. And I have a course in there to help you do little things throughout your day to uh, develop your kids' faith. Um, Oh, one of the things, some of the things that I hear from moms a lot, I don't have time for this. There are kind of a few main concerns. One of the things is I don't have time. One of them is I'm not equipped. Um, or some variation of like, I'm not a good enough Christian. I'm not equipped. I'm a hypocrite if I'm telling my kids to do something that I'm not doing myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and also that we often feel like, well, my husband's not doing this. So I don't know what to do. Like he's the one that's kind of holding me back. That's a lot of what I hear from moms as well. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the main things that I'm hearing. I don't have time, not equipped. Somebody else could do this better than me. My husband's not participating. And those are all really valid yeah. things that we have. I mean, some we might say, well, for some people, they might be excuses, but they're really, they're valid thoughts that are holding us back. And so we have to kind of push through those in a biblical way to say, okay, do I have time? Well, one of the things, 
Sorry. Do, do we have time to share the hope of Christ with our kids? I hope so. But I know that when it comes down to the daily business of doing that, it does feel like we don't have time. So the reason my website is called Little Shoots Deep Roots is because we do these things through little habits that build up over time. You have 30 seconds, right? You have yeah. two minutes probably. <laughs> and so once you start inserting these little 30 second, one minute habits into your day, those are the things that grow when you realize, oh, I do have time. And look, look at how that thing has kind of become more of a priority because it was really easy to fit in because it was only 30 seconds and now it's growing into something deeper. So instead of just saying you should prioritize this, let's look at it a little bit differently and think about it as little habits Mm -hmm. instead of little, little habits, little bite-size things that you can do because it's so easy to look at this long span of time or just like the whole of like, well, I just want to make sure my kids, you know, know these things. But when you look at it like that, it's so overwhelming Mm -hmm. and you can also try to be sort of controlling about it. And, you know, when you do it, this, this way of habits, it's like much less control and more just like, oh, this is just part of our family. This is part of what we do. And kids love those regularities. They really Mm -hmm. thrive on um, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Consistency. Uh, Consistency. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That word. Um, so yeah, I mean, all that to say, I love what you're doing. And I, I mean, I guess, what would you say, um, anything further to people that are feeling stuck that are, you know, like, uh, like I want my kids, but we're not doing anything right now. Like we have nothing Mm -hmm. going on right now. So like, what is the first step to starting to incorporate faith habits into the family? I'd say the first step is just saying, God, help me. (laughs) I want to do this and I don't know how, right? And then invite him to give you some ideas. You can also go to my website and download what I call the Start Little Guide, which gives you some ideas of little tiny habits you could insert into your day and how to actually get them in your day in a way that sticks. So I would recommend something like just praying a biblical blessing over your child before you go to bed. So print off or even just write on a sticky note, um, the one from Numbers that says, may the Lord bless you and keep you, stick it above your child's bed. And then just before you leave your child's room, put your hand on their head and say, may the Lord bless you and keep you, may make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, may turn his face toward you and give you peace. And then, or you can pick a different verse if there's something that God is leading to and just start with that. See, that takes, I mean, I, I sped through it a bit, but it takes like yeah. 20, 30 seconds yeah. to do it meaningfully. And it becomes something that is really powerful for your kids. I can't leave for the night now without saying that for my children. And not just because it's a, a habit, but I've seen over the years, the power that speaking biblical blessings over your kids has, Mm -hmm. um, in the, there's a huge power in the spiritual realm, even though it's such a small thing, it makes big differences in our sleep. It's, it's like out of this world, really supernatural. What God does with those tiny little things. You know, if you think about the little boy with his five loaves of bread and his two fish, you know, on his own, he was just, you know, he had enough lunch for himself and maybe a friend with Mm -hmm. Jesus. You can feed thousands of people. And so you yeah. think on my own, I'm just doing this little habit, but with Jesus involved in that, oh, it's going to have eternal implications. So yeah. We should never snub our noses at these little things. Yes. I think I love that example. And I saw someone the other day tweeted something. Um, she said, you know, you always hear out in culture now, like you are enough. And she was like, I am enough like the the loaves and fish 
of that little boy were enough. Like, right. Because we are only enough or we only have enough because of what God takes this little bit of ours and then multiplies it. And I think that's a great starting point for parents that are feeling that tension. And for you to say, yeah, right. A two line prayer and put it on their bed and say a 30 second prayer every night. Not even anything, you're not even doing anything with them yet. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So it's easy. There is no reason you have time to do that. So start there and God honors prayers and God hears prayers and he knows that you're genuinely seeking and he's not going to leave you hanging in that moment. So I think um, what we normally do in that situation is we go to Amazon or we start Googling and we start looking for a resource and then we end up thinking, well, what is everybody else doing? And we, you know, I have done this many times. I have many of those like Bible studies on my shelves that were just way too deep for my kids at the time. And I mm-hmm. pass them over to my kids and they're like, mom, don't yeah. make us do this. Yeah. So I've tried to, even in my own resources that I'm writing, trying to make things a lot simpler, a lot more organic. For mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think the other part of this is that as you begin to incorporate these things for your kids, like your faith is going to grow. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. that's the biggest part for me or one of the biggest parts for me has been, you know, as soon as my kids or my son started getting old enough to like, where I was like, okay, I really need to focus on this. I was like, wow. Like I realized how much more I wanted to know. Mm -hmm. And when you explain Bible stories to them, when you're talking about um, biblical concepts and stories, like all of a sudden, like these things that you may have heard your whole life sort of take on new life. And you're like, wow, like I never thought about it like that. Now that I'm explaining it out loud to my child, yeah, you know, there's a whole nother level here that I've just been glazing over. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's kind of like you get a two for one as you, pl- as you teach your kids, you teach yourself. And I've learned so much more in the past two years, figuring out how to teach my kids for myself. And it's been amazing. So there's really no reason not to get on this moms. (laughs) Well, and that speaks to that other concern that a lot of moms feel like, well, I don't know enough in order to be able to do this with your kids. Just learn along with them. I mean, if teachers, if junior high teachers, you can throw a teacher into a science class and they'll, they can learn science along with their students. Surely we can learn the Bible along with our kids. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing in the Bible that says you must have your own personal Bible study for an hour a day before yeah. you teach your children. Right. <laughs> or you must have this certain level of knowledge. No, it's just passing yeah. on what you know. And, and if you don't know, you say, I don't know, let's find out. Let's ask the pastor. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really great. Well, I, I encourage everyone to check out Christy's website, get her new devotional, get her other books. I mean, like I said, number one fan here and I've got all the things. Um, Christy, I always ask people, um, what they're reading. Do you have a book recommendation? Are you listening to anything right now? What can you tell people about what you're into right now? Oh, I've been really into, I I just love reading novels. That is like my favorite thing. (laughs) And so I have found a couple of biblical or not biblical authors, (laughs) Um, authors that write like biblical fiction that I've been really loving right now. I kind of go through like fits and starts with it, but I've just been reading Tessa Afshar. I think Mm -hmm. if you like biblical fiction, she takes like 
women like Lydia in the Bible or the woman that was cured of her seven-year disease and builds an entire story around them. And I'm like weeping at the end. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool because you get such little information about these people. Exactly. In the Bible. And Priscilla and Aquila, like it's just beautiful. Most of her stuff is based on that early church period, which I feel like a lot of, you know, this biblical fiction is based on the Old Testament, uh, which is actually the other ones that I'm reading right now. I just found them on my shelf. I knew that I had read them before. They're the Restoration Chronicles by Lynn Austin. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing is that I've been reading those at night. And then I had decided a while back that I wanted to read through the prophets again. So I've been slowly reading just a few chapters a day. And, you know, as they're saying, like, back up, (laughs) you need to start following God or you're going to go into exile. And as I'm reading that in the mornings and in the evenings and picking up my book, it's about that time when God keeps that promise of the the remnant that he's going to you know send them into Babylon, but then he's there's always going to be a remnant that he preserves, and so about those people like the stories of Ezra and mm-hmm. Nehemiah, and the first people that went back to rebuild the temple, it really brings those things to life. Like, oh yeah, God, you are so good. You, you know, you can look at these stories in the prophets and think, oh man, God has been pretty harsh there, but he's really not. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're just like turning their back on him for hundreds of years. Yeah. And then, but he keeps saying, I will preserve the remnant. And you go back and read these other parts. You think, yep, he is so good. Even seeing through the pages of these prophets. It all lines up in the end. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Christy, thank you for sharing about your books and what you're doing in your ministry. And I hope a lot of people listening, go check it out. Um, Get some resources, get started, start with a prayer because it's like literally the most important thing you can do. I agree. (laughs) Like there is nothing more important than building faith and discipling your kids to grow up, to be, to love Jesus and to make his name known. So, um, so thank you for what you're doing, Christy. Thank you. Thanks for having me on and for being passionate about this yourself. Yeah, absolutely. This episode was brought to you in part by the Lord of Spirits podcast. Many Christians yearn to break free of the influence of secular materialism and to understand the union of the seen and unseen worlds as made by God. What is the spiritual world like? Tune in wherever you get your podcasts.